T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We are the flagship station of the Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta United. If we ever get a highlight team in this town, I bet we'll co-op them too. Why not? Triple in for Chuckery. Jante Murray, 30 points last night. Hawks have won now on four in a row. Get a big win in Dallas, 130-122 to to get to 23-22 and on the year. Knicks in town tomorrow night. Bang! Bang, Steve Holman. Bang! Jante Murray. What's the name of that podcast again? All the Smoke? With Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson. Interesting things he has to say on this. Let's listen to it. They bring in a point guard from Argentina mm-hmm. that's close with Manu, playing in front of me. And my I'm, beside, I'm behind Tony, Patty, but they playing these mind games. They trying to see if they could break me. Not knowing you can't break me. They want me. you to break yourself. They want you to break yeah. yourself. You get know what I'm saying? Man, bro, this is too much, bro. I'm like, what did they put me through, bro? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I start hearing your name. Steve Jack went through a lot of BS. Obviously, we know you. I know you cold, so you ain't got to tell me you cold. <laughs> Come on, bro. People don't realize, bro, I went through so much there. Like, I was there six years. You feel what I'm saying? Like, It don't the, seem like he was there that long either. It doesn't. I feel like, really, like, and they know I feel this way. I feel like they really, like, they drafted me, but... They feel like the stuff that was going around the air of me coming from the hood and da-da-da-da, that I was going to make it in entourage 30 people. Yeah. Smoking, drinking, in articles about fighting, just ruining their reputation of what they stand for as a Spurs. You know, I think that's what they thought, but they never said that. You know what I mean? Just from the stuff I had to go through, like, and when they seen, like, he need a chance, and this motherfucker be in the gym like they start having to kick me out the gym like when they say you got access 24 hours every day knowing I wasn't playing so I'm like um lace them up like we to the gym gym you know what I mean that was just every day and obviously I start growing first year go by you know thrown in the fire in the playoffs versus the Rockets then my second year they see I come back obviously getting stronger getting better and then that was the year I took the job from Tony mm-hmm. pop about us in the office you know what I mean? He told Tony. Tony ain't like it. I know he ain't like it. You know he ain't like it. You know what I'm saying? That's like, for boy. me, I love real. Like, keep it a buck with me. Yeah. Like, keep it a hundred, bro. I'm going to love you for that. You know what I mean? And I know he didn't like it. You feel me? Because if he liked it, he would have mentored me the way he should have. Right. He wouldn't have went to Charlotte. He would have stayed right there. You feel what I'm saying? He's from Seattle. There's no ghetto or hood in Seattle. It's diet hood. Give me a break. He's from Seattle. 
He's translating. He's not from Detroit. He's not from Memphis. He's not from Chicago. He's not from Baltimore. He's not from St. Louis or hell, even Southwest Atlanta. The dude's from Seattle. That's a dirty hippie city. Passive aggressive people, aloof people, don't even say hello to you. Very kind of to themselves. The grunge culture came out of there. What's he talking about? Coming from the hood. And you did not. You came from Seattle. There's nothing good about me Seattle. coming from the hood. And I know you talk about keeping a hundred <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> did he? Did he summer in ghetto cities? I love how rich people have used the word summer as a verb. Yes, we summer in the Hamptons. Keep what, it a hundred, bro. I'm a. What, I'm a love you for that. Well, John, did you summer in Detroit? Where'd you get your hood fix from? Yeah, I'm sure. There's some, probably some sketchy areas. Dear God, go to Belvedere where I grew up. It's gotten better now in South Decatur. That's more hood than anything Seattle was. What's he talking about? <laughs> Coming from the hood. Yeah, yeah, Seattle. What? Jimi Hendrix is from Seattle. What? I don't get it. But I, but, but, but in all seriousness, well, I am being serious about that. You're from Seattle, but. Basically, what he's talking about is uh, based on where you come from, coming from the hood, where you carry yourself, people are going to look at you a certain way. And uh, he proved them wrong by being a gym rat and just working and working and working and working. Hey, I, I like this. Dude. I told you there's an edge to him, a stoic edginess to him that I like. And it seems like he's got leadership qualities to him. He certainly speaks up. It's like uh, that one game the Hawks won they shouldn't have won. He goes, man, we ain't celebrating that win. So he, he certainly got a lot of uh, good traits being out there with Greg Popovich. But I can understand that, though. Being judged from where you come from? You know what the white man's ghetto is, don't you? Appalachia. Every bit the dysfunction up there that you see in the big cities just don't have the tall buildings. Every bit the crime, every bit the drugs, dysfunction. Seasoned with just the perfect amount of inbreeding, though. Coming from the hood. and <laughs> You're from Seattle. <laughs> Keep it a buck with me. Yeah. Like, keep it a hundred, bro. I'm a. No, you're keeping it about a buck fifty, maybe. I don't get that, man. It, it's true though. But his overriding message was he was presumed to be a certain way, and he's worked. He worked his way out of it to give them a different impression. To the point where Tony Parker lost his gig, and Tony Parker didn't want to stick around and mentor him, and he decided to go to Charlotte instead. I can't blame Tony Parker for that either. He's on the tail end of his career, felt like he still had something in the tank. He wanted to go prove it. And that's the way it is. We're all expendable. All of us. Except Dylan Matthews, though. Vital. Vital man. What do you think of that? He's from Seattle. <laughs> it's not the ghetto. Apparently, there are hood parts in Seattle. Man. They're in C- well, let's, we got to ask Andy Bunker. Andy, Andy will yeah, know. Kind of. Kind of. From what I understand, yeah, there's some sketchy-ish areas. He must have been in the sketchiest of sketchy-ish areas. The coffee shops don't have the premium coffee. That's what it is. Sipping on that bad dark yeah, roast every day. That terrible dark roast, that basic stuff. I mean, come on. That, that cracks me up. But I, I understand, though. I mean, just uh, being presumed you're a certain way based on where you're from can be unfair. But, you know, also stereotypes exist for a reason. But there are people that... You know, transcend the stereotypes. So that's kind of an interesting thing, though. I certainly uh, 
like him with the Hawks, though, and it seems like when he and Trey are on the floor at the same time, the numbers seem to uh, dictate that they should be on the floor at the same time. And maybe Nate McMillan, now they're getting healthy, maybe he can tweak his rotations a little bit and make them coexist on the floor. They showed they could coexist last night. Trey wasn't the man last night not taking his shots. Still had a nice night, 18 points, but he knew that Murray had 30, and they were kind of deferring to him. And the Hawks are now being patient offensively, not settling for quick shots, clearly. Got off to a quick start. How many times have we seen the Hawks get outscored 40-23 to 23 in the first quarter, then spend the rest of the game fighting their way back and cut the lead to within six or seven points and then just lay an egg in the fourth quarter? That seems to be the M.O. for this team this year, but it seems like maybe they're crawling out of it. We can only hope. You know, Nate McMillan's talking about guys having to sacrifice when someone else has the hot hand. You saw that last night. Why can that, why can, why is it taking until January for them to realize this? And I think Trey has really done a solid job. Yes, yes. I wonder if uh, he got nauseous even having to give Trey any uh, accolades. I wonder how bad that relationship really is. Because even on that, all the smoke pocket, Matt Barnes and Jackson, they, they feel a certain way about Nate McMillan. You ought to find that one. Can you find that one for me? Uh, I can't remember what episode it was. If you just uh, do a little Google of uh, Matt Barnes, Nate McMillan, I'm, I'm sure it'll come up. They had some pretty scathing uh, criticism of uh, one Nate McMillan. And we've been over this before, the notion of uh, some of these older coaches, they can't relate to uh, the players now. Well, the upbringings are different now. We talked about that the other night, and I blame my gener- generation X. I blame us. We were the most underparented generation. We were raised in the mall. Our parents could not wait to get out of town for the weekend. We had the house to ourselves. We'd have a big party. Got everything cleaned up, but mom's Fabergé egg got broken. That's how they knew the party happened. <laughs> so as a fact, uh, and that therefore we overcompensate and we bubble wrap kids. I think that's the fundamental thing right there. They have uh, now, because of what the way we raised them, the younger generation, they expect accolades for the lamest things. They need constant reassurance and, and constant compliments of what they've done and their massive accomplishments, and that's created a, a really entitled, lazy, emotionally fragile group of people. Of course, there are exceptions to the rule, but it seems to be that's a lot of it. It seems like NBA players now are certainly far, far more sensitive than they used to be. Let's listen to what Matt Barnes and uh, Jackson had to say about Nate McMillan. The rest of us are fans of Nate McMillan. It doesn't seem like he has the locker room anymore, and he's more of an old-school type coach, and that's not a bad thing, but that's not what the NBA is anymore. I think there's maybe less than five coaches that are like these older, old-school type coaches. Um, Nate McMillan's one of them. And with all due respect, I just feel like this game has kind of passed his ways by, his, 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 his approach to the game. All this stuff has kind of passed him up. And if you can't adapt to this new, younger uh, culture, your days are numbered. So I don't think Nate McMillan will finish this season, but we shall see. And there's a – it might have been with that one as well. I think it was Jackson said he had specific problems with Nate because I think Nate cut him one time or something. I don't know. But but you got the gist of it right there. So uh, there's a chance Nate doesn't finish the season. I don't know. It just seems like there's such – turmoil in the Hawks' front office, and uh, winning four in a row can kind of uh, bury that a little bit. You're going to focus on what the Hawks are doing right, and as you should. I mean, 
as much as you criticize when I do something well, you should give them credit for that too, not just be a naysayer up here. For that, That's one thing I hate about this business time. A lot of hosts, they just look for only the negative things to feed their own ego. But if somebody's doing well, give them credit for it. If they're not, criticize them. But they got to fix something in that front office because right now, a four-game winning streak in January certainly feels pretty good compared to where this team has been. It's been maddeningly inconsistent at times. Just tough to watch, maddening to watch. But I'm not. I'm still not expecting anything great. This Eastern Conference is a lot stronger than the West. If the Hawks were in the West, I think anything would be possible. They could probably crawl in the top four, maybe. I mean, Dallas is out there having every bit the struggle the Hawks are. Dallas is basically giving up 130 points a game over the past couple of weeks, just playing terrible defense. You heard Jason Kidd talk about basically the Hawks had an in-game shoot-around tonight. <laughs> So, okay, good. You've won four in a row, but you got to – it just seems like everything's being done wrong there. I just don't like a 27-year-old law school graduate, son of the billionaire owner, having shoot ultimate say. Yeah, I know, Jason. It was, wasn't it? Tomorrow night's probably going to be a playoff-type game. There's some animus between the uh, Hawks and Knicks, kind of like when the Sixers come to town. It's funny, since the uh, Hawks banished the Sixers from the playoffs a couple of years ago, they still – Feel that that they that gave the Philadelphia chip on their shoulder. They played very well against the Hawks since then. But we'll see what happens going forward. But it just seems like there's just too much turmoil in that front office. Meanwhile, Falcons seem stable now. They got money. Looking for a defensive coordinator. Brian Flores was interviewed. Vic Fangio also interviewed. He's uh, 64. Flores a younger guy. I, I think uh, the right hire will be named there. I just want them to go out and get the proper players. Neither one of them meet the criteria of 65 or older. That's right. right that's right. And then, uh, Falcons defensive <laughs> that's coordinator. Right. Prerequisites. Dean, Dean Pease did a pretty good job with not very little. A lot of the fans don't understand that. They blamed him. No, your, your personnel was extremely limited this year. Extremely limited. You were, you were hoodwinked and handcuffed financially. Not anymore. And apparently I saw a tweet today. Somebody that covers the NFL, I wish I could quantify this more. There is a way. I, I still think Lamar Jackson's going to end up back in Baltimore. I kind of go back and forth on that, but their owner basically came out and said, nope, this is going to happen. We're going to get it done. But there is a way for the Hawks, for the Falcons to get Lamar Jackson and still have like $30 million left to spend on players. You can uh, maybe uh, adjust uh, Jake Matthews' contract, defer some of that, kick that can down the road. But I'm not sure I necessarily want that, though. I just don't trust he's going to stay healthy. He's such a smallish guy. Brilliant to watch. Flashy, amazing. It's a great reason to watch football. He's must-see TV. But guys like that just don't seem like they stay healthy. They don't. Mike Vick got the hell beat out of him. And he's not a big guy. Man, but but when he was healthy, must-see TV. And I know Atlanta's a splashy town and likes splashy talent. But you know what? Splashy ain't that splashy if you stop winning. Just ask the Hawks. They, they were splashy and flashy a couple of years ago. It's been diminishing returns ever since. Keep it 100, bro. I'm a. You're from, you're, you're from Seattle. You're not from the ghetto. You're from Seattle. Coming from the hood and not. No, you come from a dirty, hippie city. But I love you on the Hawks, though. I just wish we didn't give up three first-round picks for you, which makes it, ironically enough, impossible to move John Collins if that's what you're so hell-bent on doing. I hope the Hawks don't move John Collins. Like I said, I like these. Uh, I like Murray and Trey and Collins and Clint Capella. Get Bogey out there shooting threes. I like that. 
maybe supplement the bench. At least you, you seem to have something in A.J. Griffin as well. Maybe a couple more pieces, and maybe we have something to talk about. All right, going to come back. Let's talk about these NFL playoffs, shall we? A lot of good games this weekend, certainly. Get into that next. Sports Radio, 99 again. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Oh, we got a big weekend of playoff football coming up. Welcome back. And I think we're actually going to have it on these airwaves, at least on Sunday. We'll have both games on Sunday, but Saturday? Yes, we do. On WAOK, we'll have the Jaguars-Chiefs, 4.30, then Giants-Eagles after game one. That's going to be on WAOK. Hawks and Hornets will be Saturday right here. Out of breath, man. I went downstairs. What is it about vending machines? Those vending machines suck down there. They're terrible. Yeah. Tried to use my card. One work. Authorizing, authorizing. Sorry, network not available. Yep. Then it takes like five minutes, literally, for you to at least attempt to try to swipe it yeah, again. Yeah, it won't reset. Nope. And I was desperate. I wanted, I actually wanted something else, but I still got my uh, Nikot peanut butter crackers. They're, they're good. There you go. But, and then I couldn't get out of the building, get out of the uh, uh, <laughs> WAOK. You press the button to exit the door, it wouldn't open. So I had to run all the way around through the sales area to get to the elevator to get up here. So it was Man. just it was just a comedy of errors down there. That was a series of unfortunate events. All I wanted to do was just get a little snack, you know? I need nourishment doing these four-hour shows. You know why? It, it's the government holding you back because you opened your third eye here the other I night. I did. I have. I know. On I, Tuesday, you opened that third eye. The get, government heard you. Now they're making life hard for you, they're Rob. They're making hard for me, man. Yeah, get that. Get that fluoride out of the water. Open that pineal gland, my friend. Well, Trevor Lawrence opened his pineal gland the second half of that game last week against the uh, Chargers. Then he, uh, what, took his wife and a bunch of teammates, actually made reservations at Waffle House. I respect that. You know who also loved Waffle House? You remember Anthony Bourdain? I do not. Uh, celebrity chef. He kind of did this uh, thing where he traveled all over the world, experiencing the cultures, and uh, great writer, great personality. And he went to all these exotic locations and ate their food and everything else. Loved Waffle House, though. Loved the pecan waffle and uh, his hash browns. So that's what Trevor Lawrence did. 
But Chiefs feature the best offense in the NFL. But guess what? The Chiefs are 20th in pass defense. Of course, this is a Saturday 4:30 game. And uh, one thing the Chiefs do when they get ahead, they take more chances with a pass rush. They're actually uh, kind of against a lot of teams that uh, do the prevent thing, the soft zone, which will drive you crazy as a Falcon fan. And that's a high-risk, high-reward thing. That means they can give up some big plays. So Trevor Lawrence could have a day on Saturday with that 20th in pass defense, certainly. And what does Jacksonville do? They do the most when the least is expected of them. And they do have some talented pass rushers on the edges. But see, the Chiefs have a great guard and center as well. So here's the thing, the interesting thing about the, the games Patrick Mahomes has lost, you don't blitz them. You drop everybody back into coverage, and they were able to get pressure with their front four against Pat Mahomes. But unfortunately, though, you have this guy by the name of uh, Travis Kelce who seems to uh, really thrive when the spotlights are the brightest. So we'll see those. Jags do have a pretty stout defensive line, though. But that's what happened, though. In the Chiefs' three losses, the, the opponents dropped the vast majority in coverage and just use their front four, and somehow that could make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable somewhat. We shall see. But certainly they have a chance to win, though. I mean, who would have thought last week that the Bengals and the Bills would have so much trouble facing teams who are using backup quarterbacks? But yet they did. I mean, that's why Bill Parcells finally said, just get in the tournament, anything can happen. And remember, for the longest time, a wild card team never won the Super Bowl. Now it's, it happens. Last time Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Packers won the Super Bowl. They were a wild card. They had to win all of their playoff games on the road and then won that Super Bowl. And yet, we don't know where Aaron's going to be yet, though, but he still says he can come back and be an MVP. Somebody took exception. I think he was on um, Pat McAfee's uh, podcast. And uh, kind of hemming and hawing about whether he'd come back to Green Bay or wherever he would go, but he says, I still have the ability to play to an elite level and be an MVP. And a lot of people say, why are you talking about being an MVP? Why don't you talk about winning a Super Bowl? Yeah, it was Rob Gronkowski. Gronk yeah. didn't like that. Gronk didn't like that. You know, Gronk almost, you know, he's from Buffalo. And he had talks about coming out of retirement this year and playing for the Bills. Just didn't bear any fruit, though. But that was his team growing up. He says, yeah, now I'm rooting for the Bills now that I'm, I'm retired. He's only 33. I wouldn't be shocked if he came back. I think he's bored. You know, he can, only, he can only do so much going around just being Gronk. That's gonna, that act's going to get tired. I mean, he's an affable, big, dumb, golden retriever. Likeable in that way, but that can only get you so far. And he's uh, tried to do stints on little pregame shows here and there. I mean, he's okay. I, I find him likable, but I think he's bored. Guy was born to play football. He's only 33. I wouldn't be surprised. But the Jaguars certainly have a chance against the Chiefs, but that's – think about these atmospheres, though, this weekend. I mean, God, Buffalo, that stadium's going to be nuts. The Eagles, Eagle fans are always nuts, especially when the hated Giants come to town. The only way you get more vitriol out of the Eagles fans is if the Cowboys were coming into town. And the Chiefs, known as one of the best fan bases and one of the most epic tailgates, too, out there, that Kansas City barbecue, you kidding me? So Jacksonville certainly has a chance. And I'm wondering – how much it helped Trevor Lawrence to have such 
misfortune, making so many mistakes in that first half, throwing four interceptions, then coming back and throwing four touchdown passes where they came back and uh, beat the Chargers. That's got to be helpful to him somewhat, certainly. Because I wonder if that was his first start in a playoff game. You can come out a little bit wide-eyed, a little bit nervous, a little jittery, but he settled in, of course, and led his team to victory, and he's been playing very well. He's been playing as well as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes since they've been on their winning streak the latter part of the season. So that talent is there. But I, I, I really think the Chiefs will end up advancing. As for the um, other Saturday game, Eagles a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. That seems like a steep number. But you got to remember, week 14, Eagles beat the Giants 48-22, to but the Giants were absolutely obliterated by injury that particular day. And like I said earlier, Eagles are 2-0 and against the Giants this year, and everybody says, well, it's, it's impossible to beat a team three times in one season. No, it's, it's happened nine times out of the last 23 times. There's been two teams that match up where one team is 2-0 and against the other team, and they meet in the playoffs. But these teams are different now. Number one, Eagles are getting back their um, – their tight end, Dallas Godair, he's back for the Eagles. He missed five games, still managed to get 700 yards receiving. And guess what? The Giants struggle defending the tight end. Hmm. Is that your tipping point in that game? Can Daniel Jones be what he was last week? It seems like he's gotten better and better. He started off kind of mediocre, maddening at times, maybe taking a little dip. But it seems like he's certainly been trending in the right way, just certainly growing into the job. I root for him, though, because of the vitriol he got when he was chosen sixth overall out of Duke by the Giants. And the fan base, they just crapped on him. And his family and his lineage and wherever he was from, even his high school and all of it, his friends. It was like, wow, what's he supposed to say? Nah, I'm good. I don't deserve to be the six, number six overall pick. Just let somebody else have that. Well, he's, he's grown and do the job. And Jalen Hurts with that SC. SC. I keep wanting to say SEC joint because it means more. That SC joint sprained his right shoulder. He's, he's, he's certainly feeling better now than he was. How's that going to affect him throwing the ball, though? That's a question. They're just going to shoot him up with mar- narcotics. They're just going to shoot him up with a rage-inducing narcotic. He'll be ready to play. He'll feel like hell after the game, but at least I'll get him through the game. That's how it works. Funny story. Harmon Wages, guy I used to work with, played with the Falcons, played with Steve Spurrier of Florida. And uh, Falcons and Rams, this might have been 1968 or something, Falcons and Rams are going to play a game at Fulton County Stadium. And Harmon Wages and Deacon Jones are walking up to this uh, water fountain out in the hallway somewhere of the stadium, in the bowels of the stadium. Deacon Jones has this handful of pills, pops the pills, looks at Harmon and said, see you Wednesday. <laughs> It hasn't changed that much. You just don't have to take a handful of pills now. Now it's just a nice little shot or something like that. Another thing, you got don't over don't overlook this fact though. The Eagles starting punter is hurt, and the guy that's replaced him, about six yards fewer in punts. And if this is a close game, you know how that little lost yards here and there can mean a huge difference in a game. I mean, I'm nitpicking. I still think the Eagles ultimately win this thing at home. I I I mean, your best teams in football right now, the Jaguars, no. The Chiefs are. The Eagles are. Bills and maybe Bengals. Well, certainly have the Chiefs winning their game against uh, Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's going to play well, though. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a pretty good day against that 
that 20th-ranked pass defense in uh, Kansas City. And plus, he's mobile enough to get out of trouble. That defense isn't all that great out there. Giants, great story. Going out there beating Minnesota. We all thought Minnesota's a bit of a fraud, though. I mean, their point differential in total was like uh, minus 10. And Kirk Cousins has a knack for not winning big games. Certainly, it's not his fault last week, necessarily. There's some plays he made that he wishes he has back, but it's not just on him, certainly. Again, Bengals and Bills, Sunday at uh, 3. And again, both teams, big favorites last week, did not cover the spread, had trouble containing opponents that started backup quarterbacks. Does that mean this is going to be a 60-58 to type game? I I don't know. And I think the weather is going to be manageable in Detroit. I mean, in Detroit, in Buffalo. But the Bengals don't care. They're in a cold-weather city, too. I think it's going to be like 30 degrees, and it's not going to be snowing or anything like that. And as for the uh, Cowboys and 49ers, I mean, Brock Purdy's numbers, what, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, he, what, about 393 yards last week, something like that. That defense is great. We did not. Falcons were fortunate to face the 49ers when they did. Bosa was out. Seems like their entire defense was basically out that game. Everybody's healthy. And 49ers might be the most complete team left, especially when they got Christian McCaffrey. That opened up a lot of things. And your quarterback's playing well, Mr. Irrelevant. And there were talk, talks about, well, maybe Tom Brady should go, go out to play with for the 49ers, his childhood favorite team. If it ain't broke, why fix it? I mean, is Brock Purdy the guy? I, I would, he certainly is in the conversation now. Nobody thought anything about him when he had to take over due, uh, due to Jimmy G getting hurt after Trey Lance got hurt. The Cowboys and 49ers, man, that, that, that's such a nostalgic matchup. All the great matchups they had in the uh, playoffs. And I watched it because I hated both teams. Hated the Cowboys, hated the 49ers. I wanted both teams to lose, or I wanted an asteroid to hit the field, just take them all out. Did you hear about this? There was a soccer game, I don't know, like 15 years ago, maybe longer. Both teams were on their respective sidelines. Lightning struck one sideline, took out that whole team. Like they passed away? Uh, or they just a got lot hurt? Of, a lot of them got hurt. I think a few passed away. Wow. The other side unscathed, though. Wow. Who did God have money on that particular game? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. Talk about insider trading. <laughs> Jeez. Look that one up and read about it, man. It had happened. It was somewhere in Africa. It might have been like a, a lower tier type of league. But, yeah, Lightning took out the one sideline. Goodness. But when it comes to Cowboys 49ers, I want Lightning to take out both sidelines, if you ask me. Oh, I can't stand the 49ers. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to do a forearm shiver, go around the NFL. Lots of other things going on outside of teams that are uh, in the playoffs. Rules have changed now. You can talk to coaches and assistant coaches while the playoffs are still going on, and there's a lot of conversations going on and a bunch of uh, befuddling firings as well. Sports Radio 1990 Games. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's going to rock. Make some noise! Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out. Triple in for Chuckery. Ooh, I just spit all over the microphone. Nasty. At least I'm not popping my peas. I did. It just spit all over it. That's nasty. Change this mic screen. Anyway, triple. At least you have a mic condom on. I do have a mic condom on, and it didn't break. 
And I'm not with some woman that poked pinholes in it either, <laughs> like those uh, sports groupies do. <laughs> I'm always accused of finishing too early. But at least I finished. Hey, just pass the oral, my friend. That's all you got to do. Hey, let's do, an, let's do a forearm shiver, can we? We'll go around the NFL. Well, you remember just two years ago, Byron Leftwich, toast of the town. Hot commodity amongst team looking for uh, head coaches. Never got hired. Came back to um, Tampa Bay. And what happens after that 8-9 regular season and a quick playoff exit? Well, Todd Bowles called uh, Byron Leftwich into the office. Um, Byron, thank you, but uh, we're going to make a change. We wish you best in the future. And Todd Bowles is on a, on a tangent pretty much. He, he also fired uh, five assistants. Running backs coach uh, Todd McNair, assistant defensive line coach uh, Lori Locust, three others retired, including quarterbacks coach uh, Clyde Christensen. And guess who is now rumored to be in the running to replace Byron Left, which is one Todd Munkin from the University of Georgia. Now, why would the hell would he want to go down there? Normally, this is what coaches do to desperately try to save their careers and what happens after they fire all their coordinators and coaches. They end up getting fired next year, so Todd Munkin will be back out on the street. I don't think Todd Munkin's going to Tampa Bay. Not thinking that whatsoever. So, there's still some uh, in, still some uh, NFL jobs open. Sean Payton's come out saying uh, he's talked to several teams but not officially met with any teams as of yet, but that's just his way of uh, staying, staying relevant. In the media eye, that's pretty much what they do. Aaron Rodgers the same way. So is right now, of course, we got the culture likely looking for a coach. Is that an attractive situation? It certainly looked very attractive when Matt Ryan went up there. Always got an offensive line, bit of a defense, got a running game. Just all fell apart. And he didn't play well either for that matter. Is that an attractive job? Well, I guess if you're a guy looking for a head, looking to be a head coach, especially for the first time, it's a very attractive job. But if you're a guy that's been around a little while, I don't want to go deal with that nonsense. Denver, you have a quarterback and you have a defense. I don't care what you say about Russell Wilson; he's not done. It was just weird. Nathaniel Hackett's weird, apparently. That's what it boils down to. Carolina, why is it Steve Wilkes getting that job? I think he deserves it. But we'll see. They fired Matt Rule. Steve Wilkes came in, did a pretty good job. They were a tough out week after week. Ask the Falcons about that. Arizona Cardinals. Well, you have a, a quarterback that I don't know what to think of him. He was, he's been complaining and chirping all season long. Kyler Murray just doesn't seem like it's a bad look. Basically. The optics of him are just a bad thing. So which is the most attractive uh, coaching uh, option? I would say Denver probably. Maybe Houston, you're getting the number one overall pick, and they actually played pretty well down the stretch. But would you want to take a job where the previous two head coaches were fired after one season each, though? I think Denver's probably the most attractive job at this juncture, certainly. Bills, Jags, Chiefs, and Patriots are going to play some international games this year. Jaguars, why don't they just move to London? They play there every year, right? Well, the Bills and Jaguars 
Well, the Chiefs and Patriots are going to play in Germany. Bills and Jags will play in London. That game in Germany looked pretty good. They were into it. And apparently they, they, like, they like the American football over there. For the longest time, they were baffled by it, though. They're used to rugby where the action's continuous. Like, why are they stopping between every play, and why are they wearing, wearing all that padding? What, are they soft? <laughs> what, are they wussies? Are they wussies? Uh, Gronk, yeah, we talked about how I think he'll come back at the age of 33. Well, now he's saying there's a very slim chance I'm going to come back. My mindset just isn't there. Yeah, but he, he's not the most agile-minded person, so maybe he's right. I don't know. <laughs> Derek Wolf, the former um, – he's a former uh, Denver Bronco defensive lineman. He hunted down and killed this massive mountain lion in Colorado. Why? Now, this mountain lion killed a couple of dogs. I understand that kind of menacing a rural area. Why don't you just dart it and relocate it? Beautiful, stunning animal. And he just went out and poached it. And I'm not anti-hunting by any stretch. If, if you eat what you kill, it's the uh, trophy hunting I hate where, where you're like a millionaire, billionaire. You go to Africa and they tie a lion to a cinder block and then you can just shoot it. I mean, that's just awful. He should not. I mean, that's a terrible thing what he did there. But hunting for your food, nothing wrong with that. Nothing ever. And by the way, for you uh, vegetarians out there, you know how many animals are actually killed for someone to plow up a field and plant the soybeans and all the things else you want to eat? Think about all the um, the moles, the chipmunks. All sorts of animals are killed just so you can have your vegetarian diet. Meanwhile, a skilled hunter, either with a bow or a gun, shoots an animal once. Animal didn't even know what to hit it. Dead. It's like turning the lights out. And you get to feast. So I don't know why he did that, though. That's kind of unnecessary. Joe Namath lobbying to get Aaron Rodgers to play for the uh, New York Jets. They do have a quarterback issue up there, certainly. We know that. But Joe Namath doing that. I want to kiss you. I couldn't care less about the team struggling. You know what, Joe? Here's one thing I have for you. I guarantee you Susie Culver wanted to kiss me in 1997. When the Braves were playing the Marlins in South Florida. I want to kiss you. She handled it well, though. But she's adorable. She's gotten more adorable with age, though. Not a good look for Joe. Went into rehab after that. That was the I, – I had not heard that before then. That was absolutely hilarious. That's straggling. That's straggling. <laughs> I want to kiss you. I mean, when 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 are they going to learn to just not? I mean, you can tell somebody's drunk when you come up to them. Maybe like, when are you just going to learn to not interview drunk people? Because you have a moment like that that'll last forever. It's true. That's I guess. why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about us. Remember, I got remember when I was uh, raking the Hawks over the coals last week. We had callers call in, dropping f bombs. Even State called the show. Had everybody so riled up. I want to kiss you. I'm telling you, man, Joe was the man, Bo. Think about being Broadway Joe back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s in Manhattan. He was all over the place, man. Probably woke up in a pile of beautiful women. Just a pile of them. (laughs) The Falcons have uh, still interviewing uh, Vic Fangio amongst the uh, finals and uh, Brian Flores as well. So as they try to figure out who their defensive coordinator is. And like I said, just get the players. Get some good players. Just get those dogs in here. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to get too caught up in uh, who the uh, assistant coaches are going to be, though. Got something uh, interesting, and that's enough for the NFL. Thank you very much. 
We got something interesting coming up at the top of the hour. Jason Stark, well-known uh, Major League Baseball writer, he was on with Dukes and Bell. He wrote a nice piece on what happened to Braves former GM John Coppolella, who, by the way, of course, vilified for uh, kind of violating international rules when it comes to acquiring players. So he had a lifetime ban, which lasted five years. He did some good things for the Braves, though. He did. He, he put some up. Uh, he put some good food in the pantry, as it were. And of course, Double A has done a great job. And we're going to hear from uh, Jason Starks at the uh, top of the hours. Pitchers and catchers about to report, but it's going to seem weird, though. No Freddie, no Dansby this year. But you go through that all the time, though. You get you get attached to the guys, and you think they're always going to be around. Then suddenly they get traded, and they look weird in another. Dansby's going to look weird in a Cubs uniform. Freddie still looks weird in a Dodgers uniform. But hopefully this year, pardon me, hopefully this year when he comes back to Atlanta, he won't spend the whole weekend crying. That was just the weirdest thing. Now, the first night I could understand that when he got the greeting and everything else, but he cried the whole weekend. And remember Clayton Kershaw said, hey, Freddie, um, we have good players over here too. You are a Dodger now. You need to stop with that. And I know Freddie apparently kind of got screwed over by his agent in a way. And Dansby did his due diligence, so he was in constant co- conversation with Alex Anthopoulos. But Freddie wasn't. Freddie just left it up to his agent. I guess he didn't talk to Double A, and Double A said, you know, eh, sorry. And I, I, I respect Anthopoulos in a lot of ways, the fact that, you know, he's kind of taking that New England Patriots approach to personnel. I'm not going to overpay for anybody. I'm not going to do it. And you got Ozzie, you got Acuna on team-friendly deals. Of course, Matt Olson is uh, making his money. He's a lot younger than Freddie. So, Jason Sarks, that interview is going to be uh, very interesting. Then we're going to, of course, get into the um, Braves and uh, what it looks like for this season. The Mets have spent half a billion dollars. <laughs> and I, I respect it, though. When your owner is such a fan, if you're a Mets fan, you got to be happy. Well, at least my owner's willing to spend money. Whether they're spending it wisely it's the old notion, don't mistake activity for achievement. I love the Braves organization with all my heart. Oh, God, Freddie. We love you too, Freddie, but you got, come on. Be a man. Watch Yellowstone. That's what men should be. Try to take your land, we'll kill you. That's what a man should be, I Freddie. love the Braves organization with yes, all my heart. I know, Freddie. I know. We love you too. <laughs> I got so distracted, broke my train of thought, just started thinking about Freddie crying the whole weekend. But, um, of course, Braves have some question marks. Shortstop, is Grissom going to be the man? Apparently, uh, Vaughn Grissom has been out in, you know, Wash lives out in New Orleans. And I think Vaughn Grissom's been out there. And, you know, Ron Washington will hit you ground balls sun up to sun down. Remember the All-Star game? I think he was hitting ground balls to Pete Alonzo, hitting fungos to him. Yep. He just wants to teach the gospel of infielding, man. I love that dude. He's amazing. He is. And uh, I'm glad he came back. He had, he had a little issue with crack. You know, you remember that. Did he really? Yes, he did. When I he did not Texas know that. Texas Ranger manager. Yeah, and he was wow. He's a great manager, too. He, he almost led them to a couple World Series titles. Couldn't quite was get Was he there. the manager when they went to the World Series yeah. back-to-back? Yeah, yeah, that was him. Wow. And uh, I guess he's just happy where he is now, though. But uh, I, as a Braves fan, we, we love him. though. He might be – you know, Dukes and Bell had a – Interesting thing. Favorite assistant I coach. I know, Freddie. Freddie, Freddie, go to bed. Go, go, go field some ground balls. Go play with your boy. 
But uh, Ron Washington certainly uh, beloved in this town. Duke Sabell had a their um, that final segment where they take in calls. He's, Who's your favorite assistant coach? You know, there are a lot of great names. Wash is mine, man. When he's doing that windmill waving guys home, and of course, just the way he conducts himself, hitting those fungos to everybody, just he knows how to teach infield. He's such a great, great teacher of the game. That's why I think Vaughn Grissom's going to be just fine. He will be just fine. I mean, he's he's already come up as a middle infielder. And I think one of the things that people overlook is the fact his arm slot, his natural throwing, actually lends itself to making those plays up the middle. It's kind of a not not quite overhand, kind of not quite sidearm either, but he has just a very natural arm slot for making that throw. And he clearly has the moves and the footwork and everything else. And Wash is going to be able to tweak that. I have no doubt Vaughn Grissom will be the starting shortstop. Is he going to be Dansby? No, but I don't think he's going to be a liability either. I mean, Dansby, a brilliant, brilliant infielder. But Vaughn Grissom doesn't strike out as much as Dansby does. We, we, we forget about Dansby's struggles at the plate. So I think we're going to get better of offense from Vaughn Grissom. Maybe next year, not this year. He's going to have to grow into the role. He's not going to start putting up. It took Dansby several years to put up the numbers he put up. And Ozuna, guess what? Marcelo Ozuna's going to be here. They'll probably give him a month. We'll see what we have with him. And I hope he just doesn't come in fat. Don't come in out of shape. Jason Starks on with Dukes and Bell today, the well-known Major League Baseball writer. Interesting story on former Brave GM John Coppolella. Banned for life, but that lifetime ban only lasted five years. Interesting story on that. We'll hear that next. Sports Radio 1990 Game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.